Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, listeners. This is post-production Jen here with a quick note. One of the challenges of remote interviews is that the internet is involved. During a small portion of today's interview, my guest had some problems with his internet, resulting in choppy audio. However, this portion of the interview is really touching, and it has to do with his mom, so it didn't feel right cutting it. I think if you'll bear with a few minutes of not-perfect audio, you'll appreciate his mom's love of Baloo as much as I did. Also, in a moment of thirst, I decided to open a can of soda and planned to cut that portion of the interview. However, it led to a really interesting discussion of things that had absolutely nothing to do with the Jungle Book, so I left it in, can crack and all. And now, on with the show. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. And welcome to another midweek guest episode of Oof, Right in the Childhood. Today, I'm joined by Rob from the Smoke and Mirrors podcast. Rob, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your podcast? Sure. Uh, we're based in Australia. Uh, I record this podcast with uh, my two brothers, Dave and Triz. And we talk about movies and movie news. And we kind of do a breakdown. And, and we're also huge vapors. Uh, we don't talk about vaping, but we vape on the show. Oh, hence the smoke? Yeah. I gotcha. And Smoke and Mirrors is also illusions, and they used to call Hollywood, like, how they used to sort of do sets and, and shots, Smoke and Mirrors. So that's where we got it. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood magic and vaping. I get it. Sounds great. <laughs> um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about Disney's Jungle Book uh, from 1967, uh, which is the last movie that Walt Disney ever actually produced before he died. Um, yep. And so when I kind of put out the p call, you're like, oh, I want to talk about the Jungle Book. So uh, my first question I usually ask people is, what? how do you remember this movie from when you were a kid? Like, what's your first memory of this movie? My first memory, so I was born in South Africa, um, and my first memory of this movie is watching it with my mom and my family, um, but I, I distinctly remember my mom um, and loving it, and it was more the King Louis bits and um, Bare Necessities and Baloo. Like, my mom loves this movie, so this is almost like my connection with her. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. And yeah, the the songs from this movie are just spectacular. I, I think okay. that of the Silver Silver Age like had some really, really great numbers. And this one's got some great ones in it. Yeah, and, and some of the more memorable tunes, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they're singable. Yeah. <laughs> um, have yeah. you ever heard uh, a couple of years back, Disney put out a, a CD of the cover covers of its like most famous songs and fallout boy did a version of i want to be like you no i actually didn't oh it's you... so good uh is it is it just that song or do they do any other songs from uh the jungle book soundtrack uh i think they just did that one from the jungle book let me let's see here I, I'll, I'll google it while we're doing it um but i remember they put that one out and like they had they had several that came out in that one. And I, I heard the story that they called Fall Out Boy and they're like, so we're doing this album and we'd like you to sing. And they're like, we want to do, I want to be like you. And they're like, well, well we were thinking that, and they're like, we want to be like you. And he's like, but, and they're like, 
that song. We're doing that song. He's like, okay, so we'd like you to do. I'd like to. Be, I want to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it's just such a great uh, modernization of of that, and and like really keeps that um, jazzy feel, but also kind of brings it into uh, modern age. So I I really recommend you you pop in and listen to it because I cannot play it on the podcast because I do not have rights to it. <laughs> I'll definitely check it out after. It sounds like Fallout Boys energy as well. And yeah, I think uh, I'm I just did the quick look and that's the that's the only one they did from the jungle book they they tried to kind of keep it um you know they tried to do like uh gwen stefani did rainbow connection and um rascal flats did uh let it go so you know wow they kind of <laughs> kept it weird is what they did <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome i gotta check that album out actually yeah i i, I own it because well i'm a disney freak so um so your mom loves the movie huh yeah yeah she actually says blue is her boyfriend <laughs> uh that's fantastic my sister-in-law's dog is named blue because it means little bear and um he we refer to him as a 90 pound disney character he's just like the happiest <laughs> idiot on earth but he's he's gigantic so <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Uh, so do you remember when you were a kid, like your, your favorite scene from the movie or, or one of those scenes that you just really like connected with? I, I really liked um, Baloo's entrance and just the mm -hmm. character that he was like, he kind of had like this, this very sort of New York kind of vibe to him. Um, and, and then yeah, bare necessities after that and, and how he's talking about the, um, the, the prickly pear and the pawpaws. <laughs> and that sort of tongue twister that he does and that was that was my favorite yeah i was watching it this time and i was kind of going i wonder how many t takes that took to get like when you take the prickly pop 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 but i can't even do it i there's no yeah. way i could ever do it but it's like well, i want to kind of hear the t outtakes from that <laughs> yeah and because it actually was the actor that did it funny enough like oh yeah the actor actually um did it it did pretty well. well back then it was pretty much like you have to do the whole thing or you can't do any of it uh which is really fun and uh apparently he also kind of they gave him a script and he threw it out the window it was like no no i'm just gonna say the things i want to say <laughs> great great thank you <laughs> so much for that <laughs> like blue is definitely a standout form throughout the whole um throughout the whole movie i think yeah. oh yeah he's definitely uh, I think he's the character that I think of when I think of the Jungle Book, even though yeah. it's supposed to be about Mowgli. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. No, no. It's it's actually the story of Baloo and this kid he found. Yeah, that's very true. And I like how at the beginning, Bagheera's like, well, I was going to let it starve, but it was, but that was cute. So I gave it yeah. to the wolves, who also <laughs> thought it was cute. And then he grew up and he met a bear. And we're like, oh, and we remember the bear. <laughs> Yeah. No one cares about anything but the bear and the Winnie yeah. the Pooh snake. That's the other one that I always remember is Ka because he has the Winnie the Pooh voice. Yeah, that's where the voice is from. I was wondering which other Disney character does um, does the guy voice that plays Ka, and it's Winnie the Pooh. That's such yeah, a he, like my my mind. That particular actor did a whole lot of 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 like voices, and as I've been watching this through, I'm like, oh, he's the Cheshire Cat, and oh, he's the mouse uh, from the Aristocats, and oh, he's Winnie uh, the Pooh. <laughs> and uh, I keep meaning to look up how many different Disney movies he was. <laughs> yeah, that's freaky. Also great, like scary. Oh yeah, absolutely. Scared me so much with the um, hypnotizing. And the wrapping around, I was like, whoa, this is like really problematic and intense for like an eight year old, 10 year old kid. Right? Like, we're just going to shove a whole bunch of little kids into a theater. And first, a bear is going to tell them to never worry about anything. Things will just fall in their lap. And then a snake's going to try to kill them. It'll yeah. be fine. And it wasn't like, you know, a spiral hit. It was like some, a type stuff. It was like pink, red, blue, sort of like pupils dilating. It was intense. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I think it, it was really like if you kind of look at um, how snakes actually work and usually venomous snakes more than, you know, uh, than, you know, constrictors, but they actually do kind of hypnotize their prey so they don't run away, uh, mm. which is, I think, where they got from that. But, uh, uh yeah. okay. 
Right. Oh my gosh, you should definitely look at at Winnie the Pooh's uh, IMDb page. He has done roughly everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's I, fantastic. Yeah. And he has like, the same voice as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny, like, different interpretation of car. Don't share that same sort of voice. Whereas, yeah, and I think he's probably the first time I realized that there were like humans behind those voices you know when you're like really little you the, the cartoon just talks um yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden i was like hey wait that snake has winnie the pooh's voice <laughs> I, I think there are people that make these voices <laughs> I, I always thought blue was Don Goodman. is that weird oh um uh, it is not um no. <laughs> it, is, it is well first of all it's from 1967 so it's a ways back, uh, but his name was Phil Harris, um, and he did a few other Disney movies as well, um, and a few not Disney movies. I just saw that he was in Rockadoodle, and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but he he was also uh, he's he's also in the next movie, uh, The Aristocats, as uh, Thomas O'Malley, uh, the uh, the alley cat. Yeah, wow. And he was Little John uh, from Robin Hood, which is basically. Just blue in a different color is yeah. all it is. <laughs> of course, in fact, they reused uh, a lot of blue's <laughs> animation to just make Little John, and this is fine. <laughs> but that animation, like the animal animation in this, was unbelievable. Like when you you think about the mechanics of the snake of of Car and how he coils up, and then how his body kind of moves the same slinky way that a snake does, um, and and when you see Bagheera like sort of walking on the trees and he has one paw lifted up, it was like, this was all hand-drawn animation. They, they probably didn't have anything like Google, you know what I mean? <laughs> to, to sort of base it off at the time. Like, this is like amazing stuff. So like, I know in early things for Bambi, for example, they had a whole freaking zoo that showed up at the, at the studio to help them like draw how the deer moved and stuff like that and that's why bambi is so like realistically done and mm. i found it interesting that they didn't seem to have that for jungle book and they just did it and i was like well that's actually kind of impressive when you think about it yeah but can you imagine them wheeling in a bear a panther and this massive boa constrictor <laughs> and well i mean they did it for the lion king <laughs> true some of my favorite footage of uh, is watching the animators draw during the Lion King, and you're like, "Well, I, I'm really glad that that lion's happy because if he gets unhappy, a lot of people are going to be unhappy <laughs> or hungry, <laughs> right? He is very well fed. Uh, yeah. That's how we're going to keep him forever. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, funny. So, um, so I. I, I always, you know, assume that someone's watched it a little more recently um, when they come on here. Um, and so before you watched it for this, do you remember like the last time you watched it just kind of as a fun movie? I probably watched it like 10 years ago. Yeah, it's kind of how I felt about all of these. I'm like, huh, it's been, <laughs> it's been a while. Had it yeah. On VHS. Um, I watched it, yeah, first on VHS, um, and I would religiously kind of, like, hire it from the movie store, because we didn't own it, um, until we got to Australia, and then, uh, my son got it as a present on DVD, so, yeah, about, about 10 years ago, he hasn't watched it yet, um, so it's, it's something that I, I kind of have to introduce him to again. Oh, how old's your son? He's just turned six, so, um... He would watch it at the same time that I watched it, almost. Oh, how fun. Um, I yeah. remember when um, Beauty and the Beast, uh, the animated Beauty and the Beast got re-released into theaters. My daughter was the same age as I was when Beauty and the Beast came out in theaters the first time. And it was like one of the greatest uh, moments to be able to take her to see it at the same age I was when I saw it the first time. It's, it's, a, it's a really great feeling. Yeah, that symmetry and and sort of repeating sort of um, pattern in life, it's crazy. Yeah, especially with kids because you get to relive it for yourself too. Right. And now you get to uh, prepare for him being traumatized by giant snake that might try to eat him. Yeah. <laughs> I know, wait. So Death by asphyxiation. <laughs> I mean, you are in Australia. It's best he learns that everything's out to kill him now, right? That's true. 
It's very true. <laughs> might not have the giant snakes, but you you do have huntsman spiders, as I understand it. So close yeah. enough. <laughs> Don't give me too, huge. honey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got called uh, into the room the other day because there was a cricket in his room, so I don't think he's going to be a Pinocchio fan either. Excellent. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> At least Jiminy doesn't look like a cricket, though. Like, other than the fact that his name is Jiminy Cricket, could you actually look at a picture of Jiminy Cricket and say, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely a drawing of a cricket that I believe is a cricket? Yeah, no way at all. Crickets freak me out as well. <laughs> My daughter used to have um, bearded dragons and uh, we stopped feeding them crickets because crickets are creepy. Uh, and, <laughs> and and people in the world of, and that was less creepy, we had a cockroach colony and they were less creepy than crickets. And I promise that is a real thing. Uh, wow. They, they smell better too. Oh, crickets are really. Uh, <laughs> I don't, the bearded dragons are freaking me out. <laughs> How do you live in Australia? <laughs> Do you just, like, live inside all the time? I mean, everyone does right now, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, basically. But when you do get that, like, you know, that hit of, like, wildlife, the last thing that you think of is a Disney character. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I, I often think about a child who's only seen, say, the Lion King and stumbling upon an actual lion face-to-face -face and being like, oh, that is not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, trying to lift one of its cubs up in the air, and then, like, it didn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, no. And that was the end of The Lion King. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, when you watched it this time, did you have, like, moments that you you were like, huh, I remembered it doing this, or, uh, like, that moment of... I thought it ended that way because I have that all the time in these Disney movies that for some reason I remember it ending a different way or uh, something like that. So I, I always thought that Shere Khan was in it right from the start, but he only comes in like 43 minutes into the picture. Right? And it's, it's almost like I mean, a cameo. Well, I mean, he's in the book constantly. Um, if you've ever read the actual Jungle Book stuff. He's he's in it from the beginning. In fact, he's the reason that Mowgli's abandoned in the jungle because he tried to kill him. But I, yeah, uh, I, I was kind of like, parents? where's Shere Khan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he tries to kill them. He, he actually doesn't succeed and they, they end up scaring him away with fire and scarring him permanently, which is also not in the cartoon. Um, yeah. and that's why he has this vendetta against Mo Mowgli rather than he's just He's a man, and I hate men, which right. I, mean, I understand, but <laughs> yeah, because they're they're in the jungle and they're they're like you know bound by the laws of the jungle, and he's not of the jungle. Yeah, I I completely like thought that Shere Khan would kind of show up in the first couple of minutes, because when I was watching it when I was younger, I was like Shere Khan was in here like all the way through like as a threat, and you really felt his presence, but it wasn't. It was really just his name that sort of inspired fear before you even seen him he's jungle voldemort yeah he is jungle voldemort <laughs> uh, and 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 when he does sort of appear he kind of has that presence too almost like voldemort very calm and and sort of stalking yeah mm. he's kind of got that hannibal lecter kind of thing going for him very sedate but i'll kill you <laughs> yeah um, it's, it's funny when you think about the production of this movie and how dark they initially wanted to take it. Um, but then Walt Disney kind of like, you know, cut a lot of that out, um, because he wasn't that impressed with Sword of the Stone and how that performed at the box office. So he wanted to make it really light. <laughs> and I wonder if they cut out a lot of Shere Khan stuff. Maybe I, I would, I would love to see the first draft. I, I do know that the second so he fired the first person who wrote the script because it was too dark. And then he yeah. hired a second guy. And the story goes, he hands him a copy of the Jungle Book and says, the first thing I want you to do is not read that. And <laughs> <laughs> Here's a list of characters. Figure it out from there. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So, <laughs> um, But I like, I like that they still kept the, the sort of more modern takes on the character, essentially. Yeah, I think that it was a really unique telling of the uh, of the story, and 
honestly, I mean, knowing what I know about Rudyard Kipling um, from my research, um, is I'm kind of glad that they modernized it as much as they did. And it could yep. still have some more modernization. There are yeah. definitely some things this time that went, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which is most most of my job going, oh, oh, <laughs> why? Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was trying to look for some stuff, um, but it's weird. It, it didn't flag for me unless I wasn't looking at it through the right lens. I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the moment where you sort of like um, punch me right in my childhood. <laughs> so the way I put it to uh, my friend Melissa, who also loves this movie, I mean, we all love this movie. And and first of all, I, I think it's great to still love this movie. That's mm. that's the whole premise is please continue to love this movie and please continue to have a connection with this movie. Um, but the big question I asked was, who sings the only jazz song in the movie? Ah, the orangutan and the apes. The monkeys. And then when they rescue... At, Mowgli from the monkeys. Bagheera's not mad that he put himself in danger or that he wandered off alone. He's upset that he consorted with those dirty, flat-faced, beady-eyed monkeys. Wow. Okay. And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> Bagheera, no." <laughs> okay. So now, now lots of things are, are kind of dropping into place. I didn't see that before, actually. <laughs> The other thing that I kind of realized about, uh, probably almost toward the end of the movie was. There are only two female voices in the entire movie. Yes. And one of them is a little girl who's like, oh, so we're going to get married. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the other one is an elephant. And the colonel's like, a woman leading my pack. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Elephants are matriarchal societies. But um, second of all. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely out there. Whoa. I didn't actually. But I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> My brain's doing weird things now. I think the chemicals are just like swirling around going, what the hell just happened? I'm oh, so sorry. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always feel like I have to apologize to people when I punch their childhoods in the face. Man, now I'm questioning whether I should let my son see this one. So here's the thing, though. Like, I think you should. But I think, you know, he, he's little. So this is, this is a good time to be like, hey, so not cool with uh saying that it's not okay to consort with other people who are different than you yeah let's continue the movie um the, the big example i give is is like so we talked about pinocchio in in pinocchio they call um uh the puppet guy i've name has just no no the one that he goes off to and joins his uh caravan and I cannot remember his name. And the only name uh, is that's coming to me is Monstro. And it's not his name. And I'm <laughs> whatever. They, they reference him. And they go, that old. And they use a racial slur that starts wow. with a G. And um, I, like, this is my perfect example of how to handle that with a kid. It's like, you're watching it. You're loving Pinocchio. This is great. You go, hey, we don't call people that. Play. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. And like and so like they get that that message of that's not a nice word anymore. Back then it meant something different and it it still wasn't okay. <laughs> but uh it meant something different. So, you know, and, and and there is a lot of that in all of these is of there's the crows and Dumbo, which I actually found less upsetting than the fact that D that right after Dumbo gets drunk, everything turns around for him. Um, that's actually a more <laughs> damaging message to send to children. Get drunk and everything will turn out okay. This is true. This is true. It could be something in uh, Blue overeating constantly. Could also... Well, uh... I did talk a little bit about like how... Baron Necessities literally says, never work, never do anything, and society will just hand you what you need. Yeah. Oh, and man. I don't think that's what the message is supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be saying um, you don't need to overreach and be greedy for everything. But that's not what the song says. No, and, and that's also, not what the visuals say Disney either. saying don't overreach and grab for a lot of money is very ironic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Man, because the visuals is him like just smashing fruit. Mm-hmm. 
he definitely he definitely has a thing for the fruit um and i think it's really funny that they kind of like they're like he eats fruit and ants and that is it and definitely not small boys (laughs) yeah this is the disneyfied version we're very happy about him not eating little boys he only eats fruit (laughs) and ants Lots of ants, but that's fine. I think it's funny. I was thinking about how many animal sidekicks make a big deal about eating bugs. Like, <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's like, Timon and Pumbaa make a big thing about eating bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are there any others? I was trying to think. Now. Um, Those were my two big ones. Uh, yeah. And the little girl being like, I'm going to carry water until I get married. And then my daughter will carry water. And I'm like, okay, I mean... Yeah, that what was... can I say about this? I mean, given the fact that this was written in the eighteen somethings, and yeah, um, you know, Rudyard Kipling was Rudyard Kipling. There's not a lot I can say about that. <laughs> Be like, yeah, eh, okay. But I wonder how much Disney kind of like intervened with with like those sort of lyrics, or if that's in the source material as well. Do you know? I don't think that's in the source material. I think that's yeah. something that they, <laughs> they wrote in and. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This all makes sense now with um the sensitive content um warning that Disney Plus puts up because that's where I watched it on and it came up straight away and I was like sensitive content. I don't remember this having sensitive content at all. But there's actually so much problematic stuff in here. Yeah, and uh I was thinking about the time that it was released and mm. and that especially those phrasings about the the monkeys and uh the fact that Martin Luther King was killed uh the next year and I was mm. like, "Ah, this was released in the middle of the civil rights uh yeah. movement." And um oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you and I I got kind of mad because I've gone through about 4 episodes where i've really had to stretch for that moment of like oh no like sleeping beauty has absolutely nothing i didn't even find anything i was like he kissed her without permission but also she would have slept forever if he didn't so if you're like me you spend a lot of time listening to podcasts that's right i don't just host a podcast i listen to at least three episodes a day of my personal favorites so if you want to do a little good in the world while you listen you should check out the new humbly app Humbly is a podcatcher that inserts a short ad between episodes you were already going to listen to, then donates the money from that ad to causes you choose. For example, when I listen to an ad on Humbly, the money can go to the National Alliance to End Homelessness, Teach for America, and the NAACP. I can even check my stats to see how much I've earned for my causes overall. So, if you're already interested in listening to podcasts, why not listen to them on Humbly and earn a little money for those in need? Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Like, uh, Sword in the Stone, I found some problems with how the squirrels treated Arthur. And, like, if I looked at it as if the gender roles were reversed, how creepy it would be. Mm. But, like, I've gone through about four movies where I was like, oh, this is is fine. We're getting much better. And then (laughs) this one, oh, no, 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 no. And and then it comes from this to Aristocats. And I went, oh. (laughs) Yeah. And and Aristocats was around the same time as as Jungle Book, wasn't it? Yeah, so they, uh, so Jungle Book was 1967 and Aristocats was released in 1970. So this is the last movie that uh, Disney actually worked on because he died in December of 66. And then Mm. they, it was released in 67. But he, uh, but Aristocats is the final movie he approved without working on. So like, this is all very intertwined with, with Disney's death. And I kind of wondered when I was looking at it, if, some of the, I mean, huge box office success. And Mm. I wondered how much of that box office was Walt Disney is gone. And this is the last thing he touched Um, people streaming to the theaters to see that. And how much of it was, Oh, we really, really loved this movie. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's hard to tell now, you know, um, many, many years later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's weird because I watched it 10 years ago now. Like society, very, very more, um, I guess, public 
there's a lot of things mm-hmm. exposed that make you think differently. Um, so yeah, the lens is completely changed. <laughs> you know, um, and I think I, I talked about this a little bit. I, I guest starred on the Geekiest podcast uh, recently. And we had the discussion about how great it is that you can look at this movie and say, oh, no, that is problematic. Because that actually tells us how much we've moved forward as a society. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because, yeah, back then it would have been very, very different, breezed over a lot and just accepted. So uh, to come this far on a Disney movie Mm -hmm. is, yeah, unbelievable. And it is. Like, if, if we just look at movies that were even made 10 years ago... And and we go back, I, I'm, I'm certain I'm going to get to them. It'll take a while. But I'm certain <laughs> that there are going to be things that I go, oh, we would not be able to do that today. And we nah. shouldn't have done that then. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I even look at something like Happy Feet. Not Disney. But, like, even mm-hmm. in that, there was some really problematic things with... Um, poses and positions oh. and stuff that the penguins get into and i was like um yeah <laughs> and, and you know some of those i'm just like eh, i mean fine but like there are some definite um discussions of bullying and um a- and that kind of stuff in happy feet and the fact that it all then wraps back around into and then we saved the planet but only because this one penguin could dance and and that made us money so yeah we saved the planet for him and I was like, there has never been a more, like, specific discussion of how humans actually work. <laughs> hey, we like this penguin, and he made us money, so we're going to save the world now. <laughs> That's so true. Because I'd still contain him, but make money off of him. Right? Uh, I, I think that that thought process has been uh, brought about by how many times I have seen the meme come across this this holiday season, like, last month of... Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is an example of how in a capitalist society you are only worth saving if you are like if you make someone money yes yeah and I was like well I didn't need a childhood thanks (laughs) exactly (laughs) I mean I'm already ruining my own childhood on my own I didn't need your help (laughs) it's like you lose Santa Claus and then you find out, like, you know, all these other things, and it continues into your adult years, and you just, like, you know, you never stop reliving the sh- the, sh- the sham of all the things that you were told as a kid. Right? It's like, and the longer it goes, the sadder it gets. And- yeah. <laughs> and then you're telling your kids, and their kids. Well, and I, that's how we grow as a society, though. Like, uh, just being able to, to sit down with your son, and not at six. Don't do this at six because he's going to be like, bear. <laughs> There's a bear on the screen. But like being able to be like, hey, you know what? This actually shows some really problematic ideals from the 1960s in, in America. And this is what was happening. And this is why, oh, my God, we shouldn't do that. Um, yeah. And I mean, you're, you're from South Africa. I'm very certain that you could have some discussions about things that were going on in South Africa as well. Um, oh, definitely. And, definitely. And, and be like, hey, so this is how we uh, used to treat people. And this is how we do not treat people anymore. And you are part of that moving forward. And the end. <laughs> I mean, d- not the end, the beginning, really. Of Yeah, and that's I, right. I, have, like, I, get, I get to watch my daughter who, you know, comes to me and is like, why do we need labels for relationships about homosexual and heterosexual and bisexual? I'm like, I really don't know. I, and she's like, labels are for soup cans. And I'm like, yep, go for that. That's fine. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I don't care, but I mean, I don't. So who cares what anything's called? Just do the thing that makes you happy and move on. And it, it, she's uh, my daughter's 17. So she's got a little bit on your son, but uh, being able to see what their generation is doing with with what we've done and and seeing them carry that forward is is really hopeful for me and i hope it continues yeah definitely definitely as soon as we reveal anything we heal it exactly and um also please don't try to talk to your son about the 1967 uh civil rights marches maybe immediately just yeah conversations (laughs) (laughs) little tiny conversations You'll probably be freaked oh, out. Like, what the hell? Um, yeah. Like, with with Jungle Book segregation, like, looking through it now, 
it was such a big theme. Even to get Mowgli mm-hmm. out of the jungle. Because um, I think Bagheera was almost like, you need to be with your own people. Yeah, so he made this big thing with Baloo about you wouldn't marry a panther, would you? And Baloo's yeah. like, is the panther asking? Which is really a funny line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's there's a whole subtext of, of Baloo and Bagheera, and uh, when Mowgli sees the little girl for the first time, Baloo says, oh no, that's trouble, you don't want to go there. And I'm like, I need more context, please. <laughs> yeah, and same with Mowgli's response as well, because he says, well, what what's the panther like, almost? Right, right. I'm going to pop a can real quick, just give me a second. Oh, good. There we go. Um, yeah, I can mute one side or the other, but I like to warn people before a can opens on my side. And, like, I, I'm doing the big drinking of Coke Zero today, so. Nice. It's still called Coke Zero in the States. Wow. Uh, we have Diet Coke and Coke Zero. There's two different kinds. What is it they called re- there? They rebranded it to Coke No Sugar here in Australia. Oh. Weirdly. See, yeah. in Canada, it's Coke Zero Sugar, but I just like Coke Zero. Um. In Japan, they've got uh, Coke, Zero Sugar, and Zero Color. Oh, neat. Yeah, so it looks that like Sprite, amazing. but tastes like Coke. And it doesn't stain your teeth. <laughs> Why isn't this a thing everywhere? I know. It tastes beautiful, though. Wow. I mean, I've uh, so I used to live in Las Vegas, and they have a Coke world there. And you can Ooh. go and give them money, and they'll give you a sampler of cokes from around the world and so you can have like um i'm trying to think of like they have um fanta that tastes like um persimmon wow and stuff like that it is the coolest experience i've ever had and um (laughs) they rotated them pretty regularly so you could go in you know four times a year and have different kinds of coke products from around the world it was it was really cool i've got to go to vegas again check that out (laughs) Yeah, I, I keep telling people it's a great place to visit. You should definitely visit Las Vegas. I, I'm not sure if you should live there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've lived many places. I like Canada. It's great. Yeah, I've got family in Canada, actually. Oh, really? Where do they live? Uh, Toronto. Oh, yeah. They're on the other side of the country from me, so that's fine. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, uh, I'm on the West Coast, as far west as you can go. Ah, uh, Okay. Trying, I'm, I'm trying to think what's on the west coast. Uh, British Columbia. Okay. Vancouver, Victoria. I'm in Victoria. Oh, um, that's awesome. So you're like by um, like a lot of the lakes and things, the sounds. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we're actually on an island separated out from uh, the rest of Canada, um, which makes us ridiculously safe when it comes to whole, this whole quarantine thing. Um, yeah. Not as safe as New Zealand, but, you know, you can't pick your battles. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm so jealous of New Zealand. <laughs> oh, man. But both of you guys get killer whales, so you both win. Yes, we do. I'm so jealous of that. I love killer whales. We actually, uh, we went out whale watching uh, last summer, I think it was, and we actually got to see a really large pod of, of killer whales right off. And, uh, God, it was gorgeous. And you can't. I mean, here in Canada, you can't get as close as you used to, which is good for the whales, and it's great, but, like, just, it was, they're big. Um, yeah. I want to go out on the winter sometime, because we also get humpbacks uh, up here. And uh, okay. Um, and I would I would probably sell my soul to have a blue whale breach in front of me. Yeah, that would be unbelievable. We had, um, oh. we went on a, um, a tour just a bit further down south. We're here in Sydney, Australia. Um, mm-hmm. and there was a, a mother humpback showing her, her calf how to, um, breach. And we were able to watch oh that for like, for like 45 minutes. We got seasick and everything cause it was really, really choppy out in the water. But like just seeing that was unbelievable. And she, she was that very, the very worthwhile seasickness ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a really good experience. The guy was like, we haven't seen this much activity on the water in like, months oh it's amazing yeah i went whale watching with my family in san diego one year and we didn't see the the whales uh so they actually got the voucher to come back because it was one of those 100 percent you see whales thing and again super seasick but in the process we had a 
um, school of dolphins surround the boat. And the guy was like, this is the most dolphins I have ever seen in a pod. And it, they, they easily had to have had 150 dolphins in the pod wow. um, and Pacific white sided dolphins. And they were just everywhere. And they, they were doing that whole porpoising thing right up against the boat. And I was, Jeez. I was in heaven. Yeah. That's I was like, awesome. I'm so sick, but I am fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, was your camera just going crazy? Oh, my dad has thousands of pictures of them because he has like one of those DSLRs that shoots shoot like real pictures and stuff. Oh, nice! Awesome. And I just kind of sat there and was like, "Dolphin," <laughs> <laughs> you know, As you, you know do. that moment when you're like revert back to like, I am now six and I know one yeah. word. Besides <laughs> <laughs> having no words, just have the one. Right. <laughs> Dumpin! It do dumpin! <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Man, I'm jealous. Oh, it was it was amazing. But we saw no we saw no uh you know actual whales that day, but it was it was still remarkably cool. Yeah. Yeah, oh man. For an experience like that, um I don't mind giving up the whales. Right. That's... And my dad was like, I don't mind. I was like, You're gonna get a voucher to go back for free. Do not <laughs> tell them that you don't mind not seeing the whales. He's like, Good point. I will take that <laughs> advisement. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll we'll cycle back to uh, a Jungle Book for a little bit, I guess. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, so we've we've punched childhood in the face. Um, and I, I, the only other thought I I usually ask people is like, when you watched it this time, did you have like one of those moments? Where you're like, oh, well, my favorite scene when I was a kid was a, but now I think this is much cooler scene. Like we were talking about how calm moves is really really cool and and things like that. Um, do you have anything like like that moment that you're like, huh, that was a really cool scene that I had just forgotten about? Um, the elephant brigade brigade scene. Um, so I, I really love General Hathi, just in terms mm-hmm. of ha- how his character was, um, not not so much his treatment of his wife, <laughs> um, but but how how he kind of uh, straightened up the the squad and the brigade just there and, and the way that he talks. We've got a show, um, well Australia doesn't have it, but New Zealand um, did a show called The Seven Periods with Mister Gormsby, and it was this old school teacher that came from the era of caning and um like very very happy time different yeah um so he was so politically incorrect it was unbelievable and it was it was set in around 2005 ish um but he comes in and everyone just freaks out because he's like you know a caveman basically um, and that's what the elephant reminded me of, the way that he spoke, his cadence and everything. It was like, it was just really, really funny to watch it um, and, and to kind of hear how he spoke. I like when he gives the one elephant a haircut and he's got the buzz, <laughs> he's got the buzz cut for the rest of the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of dying at him because, first of all, like I said, elephants are matriarchal groups and uh, you have a group of all men and one woman and a baby and I have questions. Uh, yeah. I have questions, but yeah, I, the, their song, I, I had a friend whose, um, whose son was autistic and that was the song that he listened to all day long. And she was like, do you know that that, that song has been translated into 40 different languages? I was like, no. And she's like, I've heard all of them. Wow. (laughs) It was like exciting. She's like, no, (laughs) I'm really tired of this song. And I would like him to like a different song now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he's 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 really a funny character from that drill sergeant kind of viewpoint, and yeah, he reminded me a lot of my drill sergeants from from being in the military. So he was yeah, like, right. <laughs> like we always see Ali Omi, that sort of style um, drill sergeant. So mm-hmm. like to see like a more sort of English uh, drill sergeant, yeah, it was good, really really good. <laughs> I kind of kept laughing about like. Um, calling trunks guns and uh tusks bayonets that was that i was giggling yeah. at that like, oh this is funny i liked how wink, he was wink. living in his uh living in his glory days where he was like um you know i used to head up the the regiment in um the army or something like that and he was like discipline discipline was the thing 
Yeah, I was. Oh. I, he he talked about being in the Maharaja's eighth pachyderm unit, and I was like, yeah. "Is that a thing?" And I had to go. Yeah. Like, it was not. It was not a thing. But I really wanted it to be a thing, and then I wanted to go find the Ma Maharaja's pachyderm units and, and get pictures, but they they were not real. I regret yeah. to inform you that there were not Maharaja's pachyderm units. A Disney movie not based on fact. I know it's shocking, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I determined that out of all of them I've watched so far, 101 Dalmatians is the most like, hey, this this could really happen. Um, <laughs> every single bit down to like how long it took them to get from London to where they went. And <laughs> we're like, huh, well, okay. They, so, they must have had the fact checkers like, you know, on the bankroll with that one. The, the only thing they got wrong was how many coats she was going to get out of those puppies. And I'm totally cool with them not figuring out that math. I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, because knowing Walt Disney, the only way that he could have figured that out would have been to skin 100 puppies. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> he, he, he was a method director. I tell my husband these things like he handed someone the Jungle Book and said, don't read it. And he's like, how were they not all drunk all the time? <laughs> I was like, I don't have any proof that they weren't. That's true, eh? That could have been the era where they had, like, you know, the, the glass scotch bottles, crystal glass mm -hmm. scotch bottles in the office, and have one of those for breakfast. I mean, like, oh, Walt's coming. Just drink up, boys. It's going to be a day. <laughs> well, he was really involved in this one, so maybe Jungle Book was the one where, like, Walt just went, like, everyone just drank a lot because Walt was always there. Possibly, and, you know, maybe that explains a few things. But, yeah, yeah uh, Roy E. Disney, who is his nephew and uh, his, like, Roy O.'s son, said that he was deeply involved with every bit of the Jungle Book. So this was, like, I think this was, like, a wonderful last message to the world, even though he didn't know he was sick. Like, I, I was kind of shocked. He found out he was sick in November of 1966, and then he died in December of 1966. I mean, like, 34 days. That's all he got. Yeah, that's crazy. And I was like, you know, nowadays they'd find out they had cancer and they'd have time to plan and, and mm. they'd get like a year. And no, he got 30 days. Yeah. But during that, like during his last couple of years, he was opening parks. He was trying mm -hmm. to go international, get his movie business, like, you know, really booming at that point. Like, he, oh, the yeah, stress absolutely. that he was under was probably just crushing him. I couldn't imagine doing that. Oh, and this one, this particular movie is, um, I think, I'm just checking my notes. It's like the 19th. Oh, yeah. Um, this particular movie is still Germany's most popular movie ever. It's insane. Like, um, the reference I found said it sold 27.3 million tickets and Titanic sold 18.8 .8 million tickets. Like, that's the differential. Well, Titanic really doesn't have anything on Jungle doesn't. For me, anyway. It also has <laughs> nearly as many cringy scenes. So, you know. That's true. That's true. I mean, it Jungle does have, didn't even have a love story. boobs in it, though. Yeah. <laughs> it, does have a, it does have that weird love scene between two 10-year-olds who fall in love at first sight for some reason. Ah, yeah, and the kids are going to do so 10 year old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's how I finish just like, and so he leaves the jungle because he thinks another 10-year-old is cute. Cool. Yeah. The end. He was fooled by the big eyes. Yeah. I found a lot of parallels in this uh, to um, The Lion King, actually. I think that if you kind of watch it with the lens of, I think they took some inspiration from from this for The Lion King. Um, like, The Bare Necessities is early Hakuna Matata. Ah, uh, um, yep, yep, yep. They have uh, Blue dressing up like the monkeys to save Mowgli. Um and doing that funny dance, and I was like, "Oh, it's Timon and Pumbaa," and um, mm -hmm. doing. And I found several of those moments that I was like, "Oh, hey, this this might be like proto Lion King, actually." And then they yeah. just kind of took all the humans out, you know, the two humans out, yeah. and we're fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs humans? Yeah, true. I think the Lion King might have been maybe more family friendly. Well, I mean, you know, as family friendly as Hamlet is, but yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. When we get to that, I'll ruin your childhood about that. But uh, you, know, <laughs> you don't want to know. Just just be happy with not knowing. You're fine. <laughs> but yeah, after the Sword in the Stone, the animators were like, you know what? We don't like drawing humans, so 
we'd like to not draw humans anymore. And if you look at like the next movies, it's like Jungle Book, Aristocats, Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh, Rescuers, Fox and the Hound. They just like, we don't want to draw humans anymore. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to draw any humans. That's fine. But it's, it's funny. Like, I almost think that drawing an animal would be like a lot more interesting, but a lot more complex as well. I think so, but I think you can have a lot more stylized fun with it, especially back then. Like, once we got into, like, the Renaissance, they started doing stylized humans, like, with Hercules and, and things like that. But I think they were trying, mm. they were feeling so constricted with having to do humans lifelike. But not everyone's seen, you know, a panther, so they can have a little fun with that. And, you know, True. Blue's supposed to be a sloth bear, which is something no one's ever seen. So they're like, ah, we just drew a bear. Who dances? That's fine. I didn't know he was a sloth bear. Yeah, and uh, wow. Ka is Ka is like a rock python, and I that I was sitting there like he's like a hundred feet long. I have, I don't think there's a, a snake in the world that's that long. But yeah. okay, <laughs> he's got six loops around Mowgli, and his tails down to the jungle floor, and then he, his yeah. head comes down. And you're like, how long is Ka? Yeah, how does he get around so stealthily as well? He's gigantic. <laughs> he has to eat like three antelopes a week or something. I don't know. I reckon. But like, I, li I liked um, how Ka's tail's hanging down and then Shere Khan walks up and just rings it casually like a doorbell. Ding ding. Yeah, it makes the ding dong <laughs> sound. I was loving that. I was like, oh, that's a good. And and the like the two times that they tie Khan and knot and like he becomes all kinked up and trying to walk yeah. away. <laughs> And the accordion, the accordion sound that sort of follows oh, when yes. he's walking away, that was really cool as well. Like, I like that There's attention to detail. Great um, cartoony moments there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good balance. So one of the things I, I was really laughing at was uh, the vultures, um, which I found out as I was researching that those were originally supposed to be voiced by the Beatles, which explains why they're so weird. Yeah. Um, and wh why one sounds like Ringo Starr. Exactly. And yeah. I was going, I wonder if they drew these vultures knowing that the Beatles were going to do it, or if they drew them after the Beatles canceled and they were making fun of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. Because there wasn't a blonde beetle. No. And they kind of, uh, they went around in circles. Yeah. So I wonder if they changed funny. it up. Yeah. I did want to, I was like, I'm really curious about what their song would have sounded like with the actual Beatles behind it instead of a barbershop quartet. but. Mm. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Please, Disney, if you have the recording of the Beatles singing the friend song from Jungle Book, please release that now. That would be great. That would sell, like, I don't know how many million records. Oh, right? That's like instant platinum. Big time. It's Big Disney, time. Jungle Book, Beatles, the end. <laughs> that should be the marketing. That should just be the poster. Disney, Beatles, Jungle Book, the end. People are like, I'll buy it. I don't know what I'm yeah. buying, but I'll buy it. <laughs> I actually didn't um I didn't realize from watching this as a kid how stubborn Mowgli right? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because I've I've got a child now that it's <laughs> it's more apparent to me. But he was he was so stubborn. I was like, Can you just like, you know, keep walking and like, you know, stop running away and just listen. This is the same things that I tell my son. So it's like <laughs> something I saw is like you know you're an adult when you start agreeing with the adults in Disney movies. It's like oh my god, just go That's to the true. man village. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have time for a nap. We're going to go to the man village. Come on. <laughs> no, I was laughing when he's like playing on the rocks and like throwing the rocks around the waterfall, and I was like, this, this is absolutely. They watched a ten year old play at a park and drew that. Yeah. That's what that is yeah. that's absolutely it we went to these really nice gardens um here in uh in sydney and my son was about i think it was like two or three and the first thing that he did when he got to the gardens was pick up the rocks and start throwing it at the ponds and stuff like that I was like what are you doing there's people walking around and the curators are like um excuse me <laughs> Someone needs to secure that child immediately. I'm so sorry. I forgot to put his straight jacket on today. <laughs> and please, no one take me seriously, but I've always thought that toddler-sized straight jackets should absolutely be available in every store. <laughs> Even just for the store. 
if they just like loaned it out as they walk in, would you like a straight jacket for your child, sir? man? Yes, <laughs> yes, I like... would. <laughs> and if you say no, they're like, just take it with you, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Oh, Toys R Us. It should be mandatory. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like face masks now, except before we will allow you in, your child must be in a straight jacket. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. okay, <laughs> I understand. That's fair. Yeah. It's the only well, way like, we prevented all of the toys from going off at the same time for three hours. Thank you. Yeah. Trying to conserve the battery. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Now I'm imagining, to- imagining toddlers in straight jackets. And, yeah. Or like, you know how they wheel Hannibal Lecter out to see... Yes! Uh, exactly in that and you like it's like a little sort of add-on for your trolley (laughs) i mean think about how much easier it would be when your kid can't get lost in walmart because they're just like (laughs) hannibal lecter to the front of your (laughs) but i wonder how many kids would get forgotten in the parking lot attached to the trolleys (laughs) i don't know according to disney movies all of them so (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i think that was my favorite thing with colonel hathy is they're like marching off and they're like hey uh so forgot your kid yeah (laughs) please take him he was just getting owned like every time (laughs) he was trying to be tough he was just getting owned (laughs) i don't know if that's why they i don't know if that's why they were sort of they they kind of put his persona in there so you could see like you know this person trying to be tough trying to know it all but actually this is what people really think of him and what he doesn't know right oh poor camel hathy I mean, he had it coming, but also poor Colonel Hathi. Like, I see where he's coming <laughs> from, and I've known former military officers, and they all act like that. So, until oh. their kids are like, no, no. Mm-mm. No. It's outdated. <laughs> well, that was a trope in the 60s and 70s, too, to have that, like, very um, uptight World War II uh, dad trying to discipline their teenager who is, like, completely out of control and, you know, kind of um red foreman esque mm. kind of guy. <laughs> yep. Yep. <sighs> cool. So thanks so much for joining me today. Uh Rob, I really, really had a great time talking with you about your memories of the jungle book and and breaking your childhood for you. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks. Uh I had a great time. Thanks, Jen. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and your podcast and uh like when it's gonna be out next. Sure. Uh, so on social media, you can reach us at Facebook on, sorry, on Facebook at Smoke and Mirrors um, podcast and Instagram. You can also reach us on Twitter at Smoke and Mirrors Oz or check us out on YouTube. We put our videos up there weekly uh, at Logo Smith Media. Um, and our podcast is available on all streaming platforms, uh, whichever one you prefer. That's where we'll be. Excellent. And uh, for those who are curious, that Smoke and Mirrors Oz, O-Z, as in the Wizard of, or how we call Australia in some places. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to make sure no one was going A-U-S. How is that? No, it's Oz, <laughs> like in the Wizard of. Um, yeah, so thanks so much for joining me. And um, I hope you uh, have enjoyed me, you know, thrashing you a bit. But uh, I've had a great time talking <laughs> to you. Same. Uh, thank you so much. My 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 childhood's definitely uh, destroyed. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Guest episodes, when available, will drop into your feed on Thursdays after the main episode about that movie is scheduled. Make sure you don't miss a single guest episode by hitting the subscribe button on wherever you're getting your podcasts right now. You can also get updates by following me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the username Oof My Childhood. My theme music was composed and played by Sean Rudolph of Let Music Be. For more information on that studio, you can visit their website at letmusic.be or visit my website for an easy link. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you come back each week to discuss Disney Through Modern Eyes. And while you're at it, if you're enjoying yourself, please let your friends know about me. I'd also appreciate a rating and review wherever you're listening to the show. This podcast was recorded with the help of the Craig Chatbot and edited by me. I release a new regular episode every Monday through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many, many other podcatchers. So until next time, keep the magic alive.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.